right, we did it. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Um, welcome to this week's episode of the A to Z Exchange. I'm Amanda. And I'm Zach. And we are a collaborative conversational podcast where we discuss creative and cultural topics. Yeah, that's it. And this week we have our friend Kristen Saraton, and she's an actress. So, Kristen, take it away. Who are you? Why are you here? Um, I'm here because I love acting and I love to talk about acting. <laughs> okay, we got, we got one good answer so far. <laughs> no, I think we're going to be talking about uh, some differences between theater and film and mm-hmm. acting philosophy and all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah, we got a lot to pack into 30 minutes. It's yeah. going to be moving. Let's do it. Okay, so how long have you been acting, Kristen? Uh, let's see, 20 years? Yeah, I think I had my first speaking role when I was eight, and I just turned 28, so 20 years. 20 years, okay. Awesome. And yeah, I imagine you've learned a lot during that time. I have, but I feel like you can always learn more. So did you start with theater, or did you start with film acting? I did. So I had my first speaking role in a play when I was eight, and for whatever reason, so I went into audition for this role and used this weird, like, New York, New Jersey accent as an eight-year-old, and it made everybody laugh, and I've been doing it ever since. The New Jersey accent? Yeah. Could you demo that for us? <laughs> oh, God. It was, oh, it's so bad. It was something on the, along the lines of, like, Saw, can you answer the door? Saw! And it was, like, this just little weird innkeeper's wife. I don't know what possessed me to use that terrible accent. But it worked. So it wasn't a character. The character wasn't from New, New Jersey. Jersey. No, it was like a Christmas story, like Jesus in the manger, and I was the innkeeper's wife. I had no idea why, but the director was cool with it. So Jesus from Jersey. Was the director also like <laughs> nine years old? That's going to be no, the next version no. of Jesus Christ Superstar. Jesus. Please, Jersey. <laughs> I'll start it. A New Jersey As Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> no, uh, the director, I think, was... Like my friend's mom or something. I don't really remember. It was a long time ago. Oh, okay. Interesting. Well, <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. I've had a, a mental shutdown. Take it away, Amanda. I mean, I don't really know a lot about particularly the uh, philosophy of acting, but I'm sure you could talk more about that. Um, yeah, totally. So I went to theater school, and theater school can be very, very intense. And we used a lot of different methods, but I was really into Meisner, which is really about sort of going with like your instincts because they're going to be more truthful than the words necessarily. All right, so who's Meisner? Uh, Sanford Meisner uh, was an acting teacher who, uh, what I learned from you today before we started was that apparently he pinched people a lot. It's in the book. Is that in the book? It's in the book. He just skipped that part. Yeah. He, he grabs, uh, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was a lady, but he grabs her from behind and like pinches her and surprises her and has her play off her instinct. <laughs> so it was, definitely probably would not pass today. No, <laughs> it was, was a little not, weird. Not what I was drawn to, but this quote I really like is, uh, act before you think. Your instincts are more honest than your thoughts. And that's something that I try to incorporate into my acting. Um, Timothy Chalamet, I think, is a really good example of an actor that uses Meisner. Oh, he's in the Meisner? Yeah, have you guys seen Call Me By Your Name? Oh, yeah, I love yeah, that Yeah, not to like, spoil anything, but like the last scene, that like brutal, just raw emotion, like that is such a good example of that to me. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I, think, I think it's found a way in our podcast 
for every episode now. Yeah, we've a talked about it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it, but Amanda, Amanda that, takes I mean, us that back. Last movie night? Though, that last, like, five minutes. It's a pressing movie oh night. <laughs> I was crying so much when I left the theater. Oh, I was like, this is no! Weeping. We'll watch a bad and like Requiem for a Dream or something. It'll be delightful. Oh no, delightful. I can't handle Requiem for a Dream. I've seen that one time. I don't want to see it again. You need to see it at least six more times. You need to see Mother. That's what you need to see. Yeah, We're if you can watch that and Requiem Arnofsky. for a Dream at the same time. Oh, I don't know. What's intense? Two screens. And then Black Swan. Then you just hit. Oh, yeah, that movie up. we went to see that one time, Killing the Sacred oh, Deer. Yeah. Just, yeah, time that. Yeah. All of them. You can watch five yeah, perfect movies too. at once. Just a good uplifting movie day. <laughs> I laughed a lot during that movie. Okay, it's like, funny, but that the end is just oh fuck. I understand why that's so gut wrenching and hard to think oh, about, but God. I was laughing so hard when he's doing that movement. We'll call it a movement. <laughs> I was giggling. Mm-mm. <laughs> I need to watch it again to like try to pick up more on the symbolism of all of that, but that was intense. Like the more I was, symbolism you learn, the more you giggle. I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> god. Anyways, back on topic. So you said you prefer? Did you say if you preferred theater or film? I actually prefer film. Okay. Because in theater, this is not always true, but a lot of times people want you to be so big because you have to reach the back row, which mm-hmm. makes sense. I'm not really a big, bold, loud, I mean, it can be, but that's not where I like to be. I prefer the subtleties. So like if I'm doing something with my eyes, you're gonna see that on camera, but you're not gonna see that from the audience on a show. Yeah. And so I, sometimes in theater school, I'd run into that. I would think I was doing something and my professor would be like, what are you doing? You're not even making a face. I'm like, yeah, I am. So yeah, film is film <laughs> Yeah, is I can see that like me. where theater would be more vocal and like if you're doing a film you can um you can pull it back and find yeah. that sort of <clears throat> with like actual actions and less words yeah <clears throat> yeah like i was in a show a couple of years ago arsenic and old lace i mean it's a classic it's so much fun but there's so much like big like somebody booping me on the nose and like you wouldn't do that well i guess you could do that in a movie but that's definitely you... a more hammy theater thing Boops yeah. are always open. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we were right in front of the front row, and uh, are you guys familiar with Arsenic at all? Um, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, so there's this character, Jonathan, who's just, like, straight evil. He's terrible, and he's kidnapping my character, Elaine. So he picks me up, and he's about to carry me off stage, and then I see this other guy, Teddy, and I'm like, Teddy, help! And he just walks up and goes, boop! And then just walks away, and I had to keep a straight face with the audience right there, and then start screaming as I'm carried off the stage. It was, it was weird, but it was fun. Is it a dark moment, or is it a funny moment, or is it a humorous? Oh, it's a okay. it's a black comedy. It's about two old ladies who poison lonely old men as a kindness. So. <laughs> as a kindness. Yeah. There's a way to like. Yeah, they think they're helping save these guys from a life of loneliness by having them over to tea and poisoning them. They're with just assuming they're lonely. And just a pinch of cyanide. <laughs> Those old women sound like turds. It's a, yeah. It is a really funny show. <laughs> I'm surprised it's so now. old. It's from like the 40s, but it's, it's really funny. women. That's a terrible way to die. <laughs> to like drink cyanide. Like, right. Does it hurt? Is cyanide a painful death? Yeah, you know, like... I feel like you see it in, like, a Bond movie. They, like, insides. foam at the yeah, mouth like and stuff. like, up and... I've never done it, so... <laughs> it's... Ooh. <laughs> Be sure to go and get some cyanide right now. <laughs> so, you said that you like um, doing film stuff uh, more so than theater. 
<clears throat> do you know, like, you want to talk about a little bit um, how you work with, like, directors if you're doing something with the techniques that you like with, like, the Meisner? Um, like, what type of directors do you prefer? I, like, I really enjoy collaboration. Like, I've worked with some directors that will tell you exactly what they want you to do down to how you should move your hand, and that's a little constricting. So I really yeah. like when you have that collaborative process. So this actually was for theater. I was in a production of Macbeth, which you're really supposed to say the Scottish play, but I'm going to go ahead and say Macbeth in case anybody doesn't know. Um, and he did this thing where we would just keep repeating the same word back and forth, which is a classic Meisner exercise. You say it so much until the words don't even really mean anything anymore and you're just finding the pure emotion behind it. And it really affected how I performed that role. Uh, the scene, um, or the character, was very angry. And so I thought it was just going to be a lot of yelling, but it ended up that I was crying and having all these different emotions that I was not expecting to have, but it, it felt very real and very authentic. I yeah. really appreciated that. A lot of, um, like, I don't know if you watch them, but I watch a lot of the Actors on Actors on YouTube, the variety. Yeah, I've seen a few. They're really yeah, cool. Yeah, I love those. Um, they, a lot of people on there talk about how they like it better when they're working with someone who like works with them like that but that lets them be more freeing in their character development so they get to yeah do more their I own like thing. having a conversation and a process about yeah. it like I'll come with my ideas but I also want to hear the director's ideas and then usually it's sort of a blend of mm -hmm. both yeah right yeah so the Meisner the Meisner technique that's your favorite what yeah. other games does Meisner play because I know there's the repetition game does, doesn't he play like other games as far as like acting exercises? Because I don't think most people are aware that actors have to go through very specific actor or actress exercises to like develop certain techniques, like playing off your instincts or really just playing off your instincts. Yeah, there. I don't know if this is specifically a Meisner technique, but something that my acting professor Stephen Hancock would do was have us sit in a circle of chairs and read our scenes just facing each other and try to do it as just a conversation. And he would say, you know, don't act, just talk to each other. And that was cool too, because sometimes you would find the more natural way of saying something because mm -hmm. you're just talking. And I thought that was something really cool. And I really try to do that. Uh, actually, when we were working on um, Lost and Found, five years, whichever yeah. title yeah. we settled on. Um, <clears throat> I think it was Lost and Found was the <laughs> final. Reeve and I would, had met at his house or whatever and just kind of like casually worked on the scene, just like sitting on the couch and talking. And I felt like we really were able to connect doing it that way and yeah. not trying to put any kind of pressure on the rehearsal process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that was a good, that was a good scene. So. Yeah, That was the best scene in the whole film. So too. That's why it's in my reel. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was, that was a good scene. I guess we should we should plug that, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not up yet. I'm gonna put it up though. But it I think will it's be. <laughs> it's not up. I have you? it up as unlisted. Oh. Yeah. There's like a secret way that you can get Ooh, to the Lost and Found links. short film. Yeah. You have to go on Reddit and then look up the term cicada. And then decipher so some code. So you should do it as like a promo, like a scavenger hunt. Find Lost and Yeah. Run. You yeah. end up having to make a trip to Europe and then... <laughs> and then it's there you are. It's an expensive way to see yep. a short And you find it on a small tape disc. <laughs> and then you have to play me and also eat the cookie. You have to eat a cookie at the same time. I mean, if I get cookies, Go sure. Go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> so, we're, so we're putting it out there now. If you find Lost and Found, you get a cookie. Yeah, we'll send you a cookie. 
Okay, and it, yeah, and it's vegan. The cookie's <laughs> vegan, so anyone can enjoy it. Organic, gluten-free, yeah. low-calorie. So vegan. it's pretty much an Oreo. <laughs> Oreos are vegan. Yeah, they're it's not like very low-calorie. Basically, but... a rice cake. <laughs> yeah, we'll give that free rice cakes. Mm, anyone that finds lots of found. rice cakes, my favorite. <laughs> hmm. I guess we we got to move on to topic though. As the podcast DJ. Yes. Um. Yeah. I had a thought, now I've lost my thought. Oh, you lost it? Mm -hmm. I was really hoping you'd fill me in on there. Okay. (laughs) Um, Um, What other acting, uh, you mentioned Meisner, are there any other acting philosophers or teachers like that that go down in history that that you've looked into or that you find interesting? Is there any more knowledge out there um, other than just Meisner? Oh, I mean, definitely. In school, we talked about Stanislavski and Stella Adler and... Of course, I'm drawing a total blank on specific techniques, but my professors always blended a lot of different methodology. Okay. Yeah. I always liked Stella Adler's. Hers was more of an intellectual approach, right? Yeah, it was, I like that too. I enjoyed yeah. the table work and the research. Oh, that's where I was going. You'd prep the character with the knowledge base, figure out who they are, and then you would act instinctually in a Meisner role. Yeah, right? you know, I think... My professor, Stephen Hancock, that I mentioned earlier, I think we did use some of that because when we would get a scene to work on for class, he would make us go through the text and find every time our character was referenced Mm -hmm. and every line, and then we'd have to come up with a backstory and know where they were born and where they lived and, like, you know, sometimes something silly, like, what's their favorite color? And having all that in the background really makes you kind of dip into the character more. Mm -hmm. And I personally like to do even little things, like if a show is set in the 40s, I find out what nail polish was popular and try to do my nails that way and try Mm -hmm. to... uh, We had one class that was Chekhov-based and we had to wear corsets and skirts because then you would carry yourself that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds intense. I don't know if I'd handle that. If that class was at 9 o'clock in the morning, it was really fun to wear corsets and do Russian plays at 9 in the morning. Two Russian plays. <laughs> well, like, Stanislavski was Russian, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And he was Meisner's teacher. Yeah, okay. yeah. Because then, like, method came from that, too. What I was getting oh, to yeah, a minute ago was, like, um, when you were talking about doing, like, table reads, do you like rehearsing? Because I know some people that I've seen interviews with, they they don't really like rehearsing. Cause I, they like I love the rehearsal process. doing and, it, like right then you know it it really depends i love the rehearsal process and that's something that i feel like you do miss a little bit in film because sometimes you know you might have a couple rehearsals but with a play you work on it for like six weeks so you have a long time to really develop your character now the downside of that is you do it so many times that it can be hard to stay fresh especially Mm. if the show runs for a long time it's like maybe i've said these words a hundred times but this audience might be hearing it for the first time and i've got to find a way to still and make it interesting for them, even if I'm really bored with it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you have two different mediums because I mean, theater is really an acting acting medium, right? Am I wrong about that? I don't. Uh, I feel like some people would take issue with that, some directors, but it really is. I well, mean, it's you guys' show for an hour and a half, two hours, versus in film, it's still your show, but there's so know. much technical I've, decisions. That's I've worked on both sides of stage and so I feel like it's such a collaborative process I've done costuming I've done stage management I mean if your stage manager is not on your show is gonna fall apart because you gotta have somebody keeping it on because it's live like 
Uh, there's a show, I was actually doing costume work on this one, and the men's dressing room started flooding during the show because apparently somebody stopped up the toilet. So we're running in and pulling the costumes into the hallway, and the, you have to keep it going. The audience has no idea what's going on, and we're like scrambling, and I mean, this is definitely not just the actors. It's everybody's got to be on board, or it's just going to be a train wreck. Right. Yeah. You can't you can't say something's a complicated answer these days though. You have to have one. <laughs> I'm not good at like specific thing. I'm not good at those little sound bites. I'm such a rambler. <laughs> That's why we're I doing mean, a well, podcast. I like anything <laughs> like that though. Even with film, doing film work, like you still have to be very collaborative with mm-hmm. your other crew members. Like because yeah. they're all. I mean, it takes a village to make those things happen. It's yeah, not like one person. Yeah, because if you have bad lighting or a bad frame, yeah. it's gonna wreck like the whole Like it's gonna shot. look bad. So yeah. Um, the only thing, I mean, I guess the major difference with, or one of the major differences with theater and film is like, on the theater, I feel like you can get away with like a mistake happening, like a continuity error or something. Because you just have to keep going anyway. Yeah, but if you do that in a film, like people are going to notice and they're they're going to look for that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like continuity errors, they'll notice after a while. I mean, I know I've... Jurassic Park, you know, the greatest film ever made <laughs> in the history of the world. It, there's I mean, a continuity error list. almost every shot. Yeah. If, if you watch any any Spielberg film, especially, the continuity is ridiculous. Like, the lights <laughs> will change, props will move, entire actors Try will just... Try to just suspend disbelief with that stuff. Yeah, and that's what's fascinating to me, is you can make someone look a- away... I mean, with that movie, though, the action is always going, so it's not... You're not, like, sitting really on have it. Time like, it's always just moving, about moving, it. moving, moving, moving. Uh, but, and that's that's part of the genius, but the errors are still there. You just... Yeah. You miss them, you know? But in theater, sometimes you have, like, the weird thing where, like, one actor's playing, like, five different characters, and you're like, oh, I know that's the same guy, but he has a beard in this scene, so he must be a different character. That's amazing how that could work in theater. I Personally, yeah. I think it's amazing to see it on film when you see something like an old Eddie Murphy movie or Dana Carey. Is it Dana Carvey? Dana Carvey? <laughs> yeah. Dana Carvey is like, the turtle guy? <laughs> yeah. Like, he was the, in Wayne's World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That stuff is fantastic. That's just amazing. Yeah. To be able to do that on stage and move between. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. We had uh, the show that I was in that performed in Scotland. We had a character that played, or an actor who played two totally different characters. So backstage, we're just scrambling to switch her costumes and get her back out. And I was always amazed. The characters were so different and that she could flip back and forth between them so quickly was always just really impressive to me. Is that ever scary that people can flip between personalities so quickly? It is kind of a weird thing that actors have. Because, I mean, I I had to do it in school where we'd have to do, you know, two contrasting monologues. Mm -hmm. and So you'd go from, like, Hamlet to just some, like, goofy, ridiculous character and... It is a weird thing. I'm a Gemini, so I probably just do it naturally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they do that though. Have you guys seen Cloud Atlas? The movie Cloud Atlas. Oh yeah. Yeah. They do that too. It's like they all of them play like I feel like fifty different characters. Like six. Yeah. Six different characters. Well, I mean, I'm kind of the, a fan. In the, well, in the um, I think it's in the last part. Uh, Chronologically. Yeah, in the movie, it's like the very last area of time. With the true true. Um. Which I, I guess is supposed to be the future, right? I yeah. can't. I've With only seen it. Where Tom yeah. Hanks has the tattoos on his face. Yeah, and, and Halle Berry is like Halle Berry is like the doctor. She, there's like one scene where she like. She's a politician. Yeah. Well, she does like. But she dresses in she white. She does like five different roles in that scene. Like there's. 
Because there's one, I don't know, I have to no. look it up. But yeah, she's she's one character in that, and then she plays another. I think she plays six characters in the film. Yeah. Within the course then, of the film. There's like six different time periods, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. What a, it's a weird movie. Yeah. Have you yeah. seen it? I've seen like bits of it. I don't think I've actually ever watched it. It's all very long, and you definitely have to like pay attention to what. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it takes a lot of notes from like Buddhist philosophy and you things. You have to pay attention. Revolve through time, <laughs> and decisions have consequences. But yeah. those decisions aren't next. I have the book. Chronologically, it's in my stack of books to read. <laughs> so you haven't read the book. No, okay. I have this like mountain of books I need to get through. Yeah, the book's a lot easier to get through because the book it separates the stories like one story at a time, oh, so and it's then a easier to follow. It's up to you to to if you want to flip through and and look at the similarities between chapters and decipher who's the same person changing through time and everything. It's cool, but when you watch the the Wachowski siblings, oh, they did that. Yeah, they did it. Oh. Yeah, I know. Right. When you watch their version of it, and there's a third director, when you watch their version, it it jumbles all this all of it together. So it's this big mosaic through the whole. That's really cool. <laughs> three-hour film. <laughs> they have. I really like them. They have a lot of really good complex ideas when it comes to storytelling, but most of the time, I feel like they don't get fully established. Yeah. I Other than that. the Matrix, <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> they really get established, and then. Implode. But that is a different subject. <laughs> we'll do we'll do a future episode just on the Wachowskis and, totally and, fine with that. and the disaster that was Jupiter ascending. Oh God! Oh, oh. I tried to watch that movie. I got like five minutes in. I was like, Nope, you can't, sorry, can't, can't do it. Like, so bad. Can't again, do it. Again, like, the, the idea of that movie was really cool to me. It just didn't. It wasn't yeah. well directed. It wasn't well shot. It wasn't well acted. Not even a B yeah. movie, like a C movie. <laughs> Similar with like Sense Eight, and I feel like if they would have given Sense Eight another season, it would have been fine. But Wachowskis aren't on with that. Yeah, one, they right? did. Alana well, did it. Uh, Larry? No, Lana. Larry went to Lana, right? I don't know. I just know it's Lana, the one with the pink hair. That's that was Larry originally. Larry. Um, I think so. But she like I think she was the creator. I know she directed a bunch of the episodes, but. It's such a cool idea, the sensate, the way mm-hmm. it like the world is, but I guess because it got cut short that they didn't get another season. Hey, when that happens with yeah, the show. Yeah, they didn't really I it like bothers me. I don't feel like resolved. they wrapped it up the way they <laughs> yeah. wanted to originally. It, it was just a little bit of chaos, but it's fine. Huh. I didn't know they did that. I'll have to actually watch it now because I like watching I don't think it was Wachowskis. both of them. I think it was just Lana. That's so weird. How can you not have both? I don't I don't <laughs> I don't think it was so both. Of them. Maybe I don't know. Just maybe it was. Yeah. Brother. Well, when that happens, it's usually doesn't work work yeah. out. Like yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, we got to get back on subject. But so, other than like um, techniques and teachers who have influenced you with your acting, is there any actors or actresses that you look up to that are working now? Yeah, um, I really love Kate McKinnon. She is just insane. And we were talking about a minute ago about people going from different characters. Like, she plays Jeff Sessions and then Kellyanne Conway and then, like, you know, some random character. Oh, the one uh, where she's been abducted, abducted by aliens. They've done the sketch three times on SNL and she's just this, like, white trash, like, redneck <laughs> character. Oh, my God. She's amazing. The mic. She's super amazing. 
I haven't seen that one. I will say she does play Jeff Sessions very well. I think he she plays a better version of him of him him than he does himself. <laughs> I like but, there's this one where she's Jeff Sessions and she's like a little elf on the shelf and Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. She gets she gets yeah. bullied bullied by Alec Baldwin. God, any actors that can just do both like improv and sketch comedy, I've never been as comfortable with that. Uh, but I did do a Second City workshop uh, a few years ago, oh, and it cool. was it was really fun. It was um, one of those actors on actors that I was that I watched was with um, Jason Bateman and um, the guy from he's like a comedic actor. He's from the uh, Skeleton Twins. Oh, Bill Hader. Hader. Bill Hader. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I and love Bill Hader. They were talking about SNL, and he was talking about Kate McKinnon's audition. And I guess apparently when you go to audition for SNL. The people who are watching you aren't supposed to laugh. Yeah. And wow. so when she came out and she was doing her bit, he just couldn't hold it in. He yeah, just busted I've heard out that. and they like made him leave. <laughs> yeah, they were like, Yeah, you can't. oh she makes everybody else yeah. break all the time. There was the one with the alien abduction, Ryan Gosling was in it, and he's just like covering his face the whole time because he just can't keep it together. It's you guys should look it up, it's really funny. <laughs> it's weird that I hated us and then when I was younger and the older I got, the more Really? I grew I'm, to I'm, enjoy it. Yeah, I'm like I don't watch it, it like regularly. It who's in the cast, but like the cast right now has some really good actors. I like Cecily Strong a lot too. Mm-hmm. She's amazing and just ridiculous. There's Leslie, this, Leslie Strong. Cecily Strong. There's Leslie Jones. Cecily Strong. I don't know. I'm not sure who that is. Cecily Strong is she's brunette. Uh, there was a sketch where she played Princess Jasmine, and Adam Driver was Aladdin, and they're flying around on the magic carpet, <laughs> and like a bird poops on them, and like a plane almost hits them, and oh my god! <laughs> hmm. And she's like, "It's okay, I'm still into it," but uh, I'm like, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, oh, but Adam Driver is my other favorite actor, uh, actually. Adam, he's amazing. Yeah. Have you seen his TED Talks? No, but I feel like one. I would love it. Every yeah, time he, he talks, I'm just... He does a TED Talk about, um, like, from when he was in the military and, like, how he got into acting is great. I love Yeah, that. well, I know he didn't get into Juilliard the first time he yeah. tried, but he didn't give up, and he tried again and got in the second time and then, of course, got on Girls and... Than Star Wars, so I think yeah. he's good then, for life. And then probably. Patterson, which is I loved Patterson. Uh, you need to see. Um, I think it's while we're young. It's that's really Noah, good too. Noah he's Bombeck. such a douche. You like it? One, but it's I did love you Noah did you send me home with that one? Amanda sends me home with movies after no, Amanda movie. No, Monday. I sent you home with uh, Margot at the wedding. <laughs> okay. Um. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, while, while we're young, young is good. It has Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller, Naomi Watts. Yeah, and uh, Amanda Seyfried. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny, but it's cringy in parts. Yeah. Adam Driver's oh, like this insufferable hipster, and it's oh, just... It's, oh, the part with the TV where he puts the VHS tape yeah. in, and there's like, oh man, you are going too and far they, with this. They're like going to the beach, but it's like a barbecue on the sidewalk. Like, <laughs> it's so weird. No one has any idea what we're talking about he right now. straight up Watch Noah Baumbach like movies. This is my plug for Noah Baumbach. Oh, it's great. Everybody watch this. He's like a, the well you'd right like now. it because he's like a hipster movie. filmmaker. I'm sure. I love Noah Baumbach. I'm <laughs> Man, that's like my dream. Like Greta Gerwig, Wes Anderson. I love all those. Just makes me such a hipster. But I love those movies. Greta Gerwig. Uh, she's doing a new. Little new, Women with yeah. Timothy Chalamet yeah. and Saoirse Ronan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And uh, Meryl Streep is going to be in it. 
Yeah, somebody else. Oh. Emma Stone. Emma Stone, yeah. Yeah, I was just literally just reading about this on IMDb mm -hmm. like yesterday. When does that come out? Do you know? No one knows. I don't know when it's going to come out. Seems like it'd be like a Christmas time movie, I feel like. <laughs> so probably if, if, she wants to get it, if she wants to get it in for the Oscars, then she's, probably She's doing a, a Jesus in Jersey <laughs> spinoff for the holidays. Oh, well, I'm going to play Jesus in Jersey. I'm really no, bitter. you're playing Jesus. Yeah, we've, we've, you're we've, playing female Jersey I'm Jesus. I'm kind of bitter about like her not winning the Oscar for Lady Bird. But that's you're bitter about that? Who ended up winning the Oscar for Best Picture? Oh, uh, Shape of Water. Yeah, yeah. I would say that was a bigger production and it deserved it. Well, I, yes. I did like that movie. As far, it was an odd concept, but I liked it. Yeah, as as a, everybody's a, like, I like Lady Bird, Bird, but Lady it was much smaller and that's not what that picture is. I loved Lady Bird. I've seen it twice. I went and seen it twice. Um, I kind of wanted Jordan Peele to win Best Director. <laughs> I thought he did. He won Best Writer best screenplay for Screen Get Out, yeah. which is such a phenomenal film. Uh, Did he win for the original cut or for the, yeah, the original? Yeah, original. Yeah, Where, adapted was "Call Me by Your Name," I think. Yeah. Well, well, which which cut was the original cut? Was the original cut the one? I don't know how to describe this without spoilers. You guys know there's two oh, the endings. Ending. Oh, the actually, endings. I don't know. I there's an I... ending with cop brutality, and then there's well, the new like ending with the, uh, the TSA with, agent shows up. It's good with oh. the ending, like it goes with the movie that came out, so. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, but I know they released the alternate, which was like the original, and he changed it because he didn't think it was positive enough. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know, actually. To look that up. That's why I wonder. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a smart decision, I think, on his part. Um, just because. There's positive. a really interesting. Like I also like watching the um, Hollywood Reporter close-up roundtables on Sun. That it comes on the Sundance Channel, but I usually watch them on YouTube. And they talked last year um, about the trailer for Get Out, and how. Um, Jordan Peele, it was the producer one, and uh, Bluth, Jason Bluth, who does, or Jason Bloom, who does Bloomhouse. Bloomhouse. Because um, that was their, like, main production company. They were, when they were editing the trailer together, there's, like, one clip where the keys, the keys are dangling, and they went back and forth about whether to put it in the trailer or not, and finally they didn't, because Jordan Peele didn't want to. <laughs> um, hmm. Anyways, it's, it's amazing uh, how much work goes into using mm -hmm. those tiny details just for a trailer. Yeah. Yeah. I need to learn how to edit trailers because I want to make one for the talking myself to sheep film. I don't know how I would make a trailer oh, for that because yeah. you know I'm trying to hide the sheep as much as possible. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. kind of trailers keep, keep are them under wraps. The cool thing, like um, the movie that came out, American Assassin. The trailer for it is amazing. I love the trailer. The music, the sound design in the trailer is so good. Was that the one with Michael Keaton? Yeah, but the movie sucked. The movie was terrible. Yeah. I like I'm not, trailers. I'm not going to say I surprised at that. <laughs> but the trailer, the sound design in the trailer was amazing. The trailer reminded me aesthetically and artistically of like a Creed album. <laughs> I was like, I watched it and I was like... You're like almost. But the one scene, felt, like in the trailer, where they're doing the part where he like goes through the window and into the tub. I thought they cut that. The pretty, match cut. Yeah. Yeah, they cut that together pretty well in the trailer. And had that whole like graduate match cut thing. Yeah. Really enjoy trailers that don't give away the whole movie. I feel like so many movies are bad for just telling you exactly what's gonna happen. They have that like third act that's happening in like these like three minute long trailers nowadays. Yeah. That where it's like the third act of the trailer, and then they only show the third act of the film and some of the first act of the film for the third act of the trailer and when they do that it 
it doesn't just show you what's happening. It pieces both ends together at yeah. the same time. So mm -hmm. you're like starting point, ending point. You clearly know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I can't do it. I can't handle it. Yeah. Um, Something I've always liked about Star Wars is they give away so little in the trailers that you're like, what's going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> what's going to happen? I'm ready for a new Mary Poppins trailer. Like the new Mary Poppins. I've only seen like the teaser trailer that's like 30 seconds and uh, I'm like, I want more. That's when I go into full <laughs> theater person mode. I'm like, Lin-Manuel Miranda? What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, is he doing Mary Poppins? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And uh, Emily Blunt. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Emily Blunt will do good. I'm excited. Yeah. They're the... Uh, oh my God! Why am I blanking on her name? Mary Poppins. She's Mary Poppins, and yeah, he is but the little the Julie the, Andrews. That's yeah. who I was trying to think of. Yeah, they're like the Julie Andrews and Dick Van Dyke characters. I think. Yeah, I think. Hmm. But the way this one is going to play out is, uh, he is the little boy like grown up. Oh really? I oh, think so. that's cool. I so you're telling me Lynn Mel he doesn't have the range to play an eight year old. I mean, not? I think that's, from what I understand, <laughs> I think that may be how it's going to go. Ages I don't know for sure. arbitrary, guys. Play an eight-year-old. Just ruined all <laughs> 2019. <laughs> so, are you, like, working on anything right now, or? Here we go. Um, yeah, so I'm doing, well, a $48 film project, uh, and then a music video, and then I've had several auditions recently. I just got a new agent a couple months ago, and she's always got me auditioning for something some of these auditions are so bizarre, too. <laughs> have either of you guys ever auditioned for, like, a commercial or a print ad? No. I am, no. We no. have not. We've both acted, but we've never auditioned, right? So, no. sometimes for print ads, you go in, and obviously it's just going to be pictures, but they still want to see how you move. Here. So, like, I went in for one, and it was, like, a car commercial or something. And they were like, okay, you're four friends on a road trip. All right, talk. And we're like... Okay. You don't even you don't even know why you're friends. You don't even yeah, know each other. Yeah, thankfully. What do you bond over? Right. So thankfully, like a couple of the other actors also had theater backgrounds, so we just started making up some stuff and just kind of feeding off of each other, and it was fine. But yeah, that's so typical. I went in for like a music video audition recently, and they just turned on the song, and they were like, "Okay, dance to the song." And I was like. These okay. are these people ever worked with actors or actresses before? Because that's oh, they're of... all like major casting directors too. Like obviously, I don't want to name any names, but I'm always so surprised at how strange the experience is. I just I just know typically from what I've experienced as a director is y'all hate being just told what to do with no reasoning. Yeah, y'all want the reasoning yeah. more than anything. I'm happy to just kind of learn to just roll with it. Yeah, and just be a little bit more fluid. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yes, I do have a couple other projects. Uh, my brother and I are writing a musical short film right now. Um, so hopefully we'll get that going pretty soon. That'd be cool, yeah. Is it a comedy? Can you give us the genre? Um, kind of whatever genre you'd call La La Land. <laughs> Romance. Yeah, yeah. Touch of drama. Kind of sweet and sad. Um, I think it'll have probably three songs because, you know, it's just going to be a short um, one for me and then one for whoever we cast as the male lead and then one like together. That'd be cool. Got luck with that. I hope that works out. That'd be cool. Yeah. What would you like to do in, in the acting future? Would you um, like to be in features or, or yeah. shorts? Yeah, oh, I'd love to be in features. Um, just like I was saying, Wes Anderson, like stuff like that. Um, I would love to do like, you know, like the Star Wars, Marvel, all that kind of stuff. Obviously, that's... A little while from now probably but I think you know that would be so much fun 
Um, I think the goal would be to get a good role on like a TV show. Because I would love to have like a consistent, like be able to build and grow yeah. with a character for a how, long time. How That's does that affect your career? Hmm? How does that affect your career? I know you want to run a sitcom, but mm-hmm. how does that affect your career? I know there's a lot of issues where like, say, Sheldon from The Big Bang Theory, it's really hard for him to find work. Yeah. Because he's got that strong association with Sheldon, so if they want him to play, say, Lieutenant Dan in a Forrest Gump remake, yeah, it's going to be but hard that, to disassociate. It is a concern, and I actually was just reading, oh, I love The Office, and the other day I was reading, Jenna Fisher, who played Pam, was talking about how she actually didn't mind that, because she never really wanted a big career in movies, she just wanted to work, mm-hmm. and so she loved playing Pam for nine seasons. Um, but now she does have a different show, and she's done a couple things in between. Um, but, you know, one of my favorite actors is John Hamm, and he has managed to really not get stuck in that box, because Dom Draper is so far removed from that character he played in Bridesmaids, or, like, the character he played on 30 Rock that had the hook for a hand. <laughs> <laughs> or <on> Baby Driver. <laughs> yeah, Baby Driver. Oh, my God. Oh, and you're right. That's somebody else I really want to work with. I was just over the moon because he liked a comment on Instagram about how we had some of the same favorite bands, and I was like, that's it. I'm going to work with Edgar right now. We both like temples. Cool. <laughs> like, I wonder what yeah. he's making next. I wonder I if he's like making a trilogy around really, like hot dogs or something. I weird. would really love him to <laughs> Cornetto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would love him to make like more Scott Pilgrim stuff. I don't know if Michael Sarah would want to come back, but there's a ton of those comics. Luke, if you ever watch this podcast, I hope that doesn't happen. That was for one person. That was it. <laughs> What's up with Luke? Why he doesn't like Scott Pilgrim? He loves Scott Pilgrim. Oh. But we've had that argument going on for, I don't know now, a decade? Really? Yeah, Luke, Luke read the books way before the movie was ever out. He had, yeah. he had all the issues of the comics. So, you know, you, you have a friend when you're young and you argue about things and you never give up on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Well, what, what, I mean, if somebody else is like younger like wanting to get into acting what would you tell them like what what advice could you give them uh one thing is don't take rejection personally because if you do you will not make it in this industry you can audition for 20 things and maybe get one of them so you definitely have to develop that thick skin um the other thing is just have fun like it's not at the end of the day like this is one of the most fun jobs in the world you know and if you're not getting cast in like a film yet go audition for a community theater play like I took a break from acting and my first step back into it was to do a play at Springhouse Theater Company and it was so much fun just to be back doing it that I was like yeah I'm ready to pursue this again yeah cool cool you want to end it right there the yeah. advice all right so next week what are we doing are we going to try to get Derek I think on? we're going to try to get Derek on next week I all know right. we said that last week about this week but <laughs> did we, say that? we did say that Derek commented <laughs> So, yeah, next week let's try to get Derek on. We're going to try to get Derek on. possible, if we don't, I'm sure, I'm almost certain that Trump will say something that we can talk about. Probably. Good or bad, who knows? Trump, the weird citrus golem. Citrus, the citrus golem? <laughs> Jermaine Clement said something about Trump being a citrus golem, and it was like the best thing I've ever heard. Huh. I'll have to think about that. You know, a lot of Trump supporters watch this show, right? I don't know. Um, I voted for Bernie, so. Well, (laughs) they watch the show because they're looking for a different opinion. 
Yeah. Trump well, supporters go. are very open to different opinions. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> they're not closed-minded people. Oh, know? never. Of course Anyways. not. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right, do we want to end it right there? Now. So we'll yeah, see you next week. It. Thank you, Bye guys. guys. Bye. Thank you.